Hello, Soul viewers. Big Ronnie here with the Soul Stay at Home series, where we try to show you how artists are thriving and surviving and existing during these crazy times. Uh, as a reminder, please follow us on all social media platforms and wherever you digest uh, podcasts, we are there, every uh, major platform. And please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash sold magazine. Also, support living artists. Help them today. Help them if you can. Buy a piece, buy a print. You know, please check out their online shops. Uh, purchase what you can, stickers or, or small prints or things like that. If you can afford it, reach out, uh, commission a COVID piece, you know, something to anchor this crazy time. And once we get past, past it and the world returns back to normal, it'll be a fun little memento of the lockdown and this situation. And you will feel better for having supported an artist. Let's talk about someone with a pretty good online shop. Our today's guest, Mr. Wordsmith. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Very good. Now, you and I haven't met, and it, this should be a fun conversation because I've admired your work uh, on the street for a long time. Um, I've seen you pieces go up firsthand through Just a Spectator and you know some of your handlers and things like that. But let, let's get into it. Where did the stencils come from? Where did the typography come from? Um, well, it all came from the fact that I am a writer. Um, I've always been a writer. Um, back in the day, I was living in Chicago working in advertising um, as a copywriter. And I'm that cliche. I just realized that I wasn't happy and wasn't doing the creative type of work that I wanted to be doing. So I quit my job and told all my friends and family that I was moving to Los Angeles to continue writing, um, just in different mediums. Um, I started writing screenplays and short films. I worked in documentary TV. I was doing blogs um, and short stories. And then I had an idea for a story that I didn't want to write as a script. So I ended up writing it as a novel. And it had a very happy ending. It ended up getting published. But the process of writing that novel, I just dove in and was working for like six to eight to 10 hours a day doing what I love. But when I was done writing this book, I realized I was spending so much time in front of the computer that I needed an active hobby. I needed something that got me away from the computer just for mental health and physical health. And that led to this conundrum of what could I do that could be active, but was still word related or writing because I know myself, like I always say I could have taken up photography, but I would, re would have resented it in a couple months later because it was taking me away from my first love. So that led to this crazy idea of maybe I'll do street art. I have always loved street art. I was always inspired by it, um, but I didn't think I could do it until I came up with the idea. I started thinking about it. I knew if I did anything, it would be word-based. Immediately when I said that, I saw an image of a typewriter with a page coming out of it, which obviously led to Wordsmith. Um, I always say this, I had to Google if anybody had done that before, like a typewriter with a page. When I saw that nobody had on the streets, I forgot about all my fear and just dove in and made it a reality. I learned how to make stencils. Um, I designed that typewriter. Um, and it's changed a little bit over the years, but it's actually become more simplified. And then I write all the words, or 98% of the words that come out of the typewriter are my words. They're words that resonate with me. So it, it, it 
I started doing it for myself. Um, I started doing it because I needed that active hobby. I never expected to make a dime. I thought this would just be a fun activity. And then it just took off. Like the words started resonating with people. And now eight years later, here I am. I've been doing it full time for over five years and I get to travel the world. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because they say that there's no original thought anymore. Every, anything you thought of, anything you th could create, someone has thought about it before. But there's, there's beauty in that in, in connection. I, I don't need an original thought. I just need to connect with the people that are thinking what I'm thinking right now. I totally agree. Like the typewriter is just the vehicle. Like for me at first, it was all about the words. Um, I believed in my writing. I started off here in Los Angeles where I live and I just wanted to say things to people in LA that I wish they would have said to me when I first moved here. But then I realized it wasn't just about LA. It was about, you know, the nation and then the world and everybody wants those inspirational, those motivational, even those romantic words. And they all, but the secret to wordsmith is they all resonate with something that's going on in my life, inside of me. And the fact that I'm putting them out there and passionate enough to paint them on a wall is one thing. We could talk about that because the act of doing that is just, I think, awesome. Anybody that finds a way to express themselves and is passionate enough to paint or paste it onto a wall is great. But then the fact that all these personal words are resonating with so many people, it's just mind-blowing. or It continues to be mind-blowing for me because it just makes me realize we're all in the same boat. We're feeling the same things. We're looking for the same ways to express those emotions. And that leads us to today, you know what I mean, even with what's going on. but. But yeah, it's been an incredible ride, um, but it's all, it's all because of, of my words, you know what I mean, and the, and the writing that means a lot to me. Now, as a, as a writer by trade, uh, you know, you've written much, much, much longer things. Do you ever feel confined by, you know, 40 words or so? Um, not really, because what I've done is um, I'm creative. So, so if there's a thought that I think can be expanded, I've done things like, written stories that those words are embedded in, you know what I mean? And then thrown them out there and people really love that. So if the, if the thought is larger than just that one sentence, I, I can explore that. I even explored, you know, when I write about the piece, you know what I mean? I love telling stories and I'm, I'm continually thrilled that, that people will read, you know what I mean? And, and then I've even tested it with some words. Um, you know, in the beginning, they were all, you know, the, the, the simplest thought in the most powerful words or the least amount of words. I believe in less is more. But then I wanted to test my audience and I threw things out that were paragraphs. And those are some of the most popular words also. Like people will stop and read them or whether it's on the street or on the Internet. And, and I love that. Um, but I do. I know what you're saying. I love long form writing. And, and it's just the secret to me is I like writing in a lot of different mediums. Street art is just a new medium or a kick-ass medium. And it's actually, I mean, I started this whole thing by saying I used to work in advertising. I mean, it is the same thing. It's boiling down a thought to the fewest, most powerful words. But now I'm the boss, you know what I mean? So I get to deem it ready and put it out there. And there's not all these, you know, chefs in the kitchen watering down a great idea or what I think is a great idea. Two back-to-back -back questions. When was the last time you used an actual typewriter? Uh, oh, I'm answering one by one. Uh, yes. Actually, I have a lot of them. I collect them. So I fiddled with them um, and, and, you know, you know, play with them and see if they still work and stuff. But 
physically writing something on a typewriter probably over 10 years. And even then it was just for, you know, effect and for fun. Um, and what was the first device that you owned that you got text messages on? First device that I got text messages. I had an old, um, I wasn't a big fan of the flip phones, but I had a, I had a, forgot what it was like a Panasonic um, phone. It had even like a little antenna you pulled out. And I think that was the first time you texted, but you did it in the, to get to the E you had to hit the button three times. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Um, and that's right when I was moving to, uh, to, uh, LA, I think, or, or just still in, still in Chicago, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy. See, I, I, I've always been criticized in my business career for using too few words. I believe that I can mm. make my point across very, very tersely. I don't like to waste speech is a different thing. I'll rattle all day, but when I'm a, a text message or an email, I don't want to send you a wall of text ever. I want you to get it and me get off the phone type of thing. Yeah. I, I believe in less is more. Like it's been a mantra of mine forever. And, and, and I think it's fun to, to do that, to boil it down to the fewest words possible. Oddly enough, the book that I mentioned, which is called The Holden Age of Hollywood, the main character is that is what you just described. Like he, he doesn't have time for excess words. So he actually kind of like got rid of articles, you know what I mean, in his speech and stuff. And he had this cadence to the way he spoke and, and, and it was first person. So you were in his mind and people either loved it or hated it. They're like, why does this guy talk like that? Or, oh my God, I love the language that you kind of created or the cadence you created with it. So there's something there. Have you ever broken down East Coast versus West Coast? Uh, sayings, phrases, thoughts, um, things. Yeah, that I mean, I everywhere I go, yeah, everywhere I go, I I kind of I try to cater it a little bit. I mean, there's a percentage, I should say, of the work. I mean, so much of the work, you know, I can put up anywhere because it does have this universal, you know, feel to it, or it resonates, and that's that's wonderful. But I have done. Like, I remember the first time I went to New York, I did a lot of, you know, East Coast, New York, Manhattan-centric, you know, words, and, and people loved them. And, and same with, you know, going to France and just different places. But, but it's a small percentage of the work. Um, it's fun to do that. It's fun to tip the hat to where you are. I did the same thing in New Orleans. I've been there several times. It's incredible to do street art there. And, and a lot of those messages are just about the resiliency of, of the city and, and, uh, and, and the, the locals really, really love that. So yes, I, I have toyed with it. Um, I toyed a little bit with doing stuff in other languages. And even though I enjoyed it and people liked it, there's always that criticism. Like I remember the first time I did it was in Paris and I had people that were born and raised and lived their entire lives there translated for me. And I still had people like, mm -hmm. We don't we don't say that we don't we, we don't use this and and because it's just it, it's almost like slang you know what I mean some people are like no you know and, but so you get critiqued but it's fun to explore those avenues is is the current situation motivating or inspirational to your work right now yeah I mean it's a weird way to put it but it is inspiring I mean um, I got to admit I I I I went on lockdown a little earlier than most because my sister and her family live in London so they were kind of telling me what was coming but when I went in lockdown at first I I just I wasn't motivated at all like I wasn't feeling creative and I think that was just the you know, figurative way to the world, you know, kind of digesting what was happening. But then really early on, 
um, I wrote something about how I was feeling and uh, I put it out there. I wasn't, I wasn't going to do art on the street at the time, so I actually printed it up and put it on a actual typewriter and took a picture of it. And I put that on the, uh, my feed and people absolutely loved it. Um, it was this word, which I'm holding up a journal that I created. Is this backwards or is this correct? Yeah, so it's when the dust settles, we will forever know. Wait, I'm, when the dust settles, we forever know who we love, what we need, and where we truly want to be. Wait for it. And the outpouring of, of that word was just incredible. Again, it was everybody kind of feeling the same thing and looking, away, looking for a way to express it. And that came out of me and the outpouring was so great that people kept asking, are you going to do a print? Are you going to do a print? And I really didn't want to profit from it, you know what I mean, or what was going on. So I put a free download of it on my website so people could print it up at their home and frame it or hang it or color it. It was black and white. So I know a lot of kids are doing these color pages and, and that was incredible. Like the outpouring and the, the downloads of that was just fantastic. And then people started sending pictures and tagging pictures of, of that, that printed and framed and colored piece. And, and that was really, really awesome. Who were some of your, uh, who, who were some of the people you looked up to on the street or in the scene when you decided to come out? Um, when I first started, I mean, I, I, I was so inspired and am still so inspired by Shepard Fairey. I think everybody, you know, points a finger in a good way at him because he just paved the road and was doing, you know, just his evolution from stickers to weed paste to stencils to murals is just is just awe-inspiring and and i think he was a major motivator for a lot of people um and i could name a couple other people in the street art scene i mean invader and, and banksy and just just people that paved those roads and and made it fun you know what i mean i mean when when exit through the gift shop came out i think there was a whole new generation myself included that were like that's cool. I want to do that. And, 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 and I was spawned from that and, and didn't think I could do it at first, but because of the idea and, and just that, 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 that thrill of doing it, I, I took a chance and started it and, and it, and it turned into this. So that's incredible. Um, and the other thing I was going to say about my beginnings is, is I thought I was going to be just do stickers, just do, you know, an image of a typewriter with the words floating above it on a white sticker. But when I, when I thought, oh no, I could paint the typewriter and wheat paste the, the page coming out of it. So it's literally a page coming out of a typewriter. That's when my mind exploded. And I was like, I love that idea. I love that too, that combination of the two basic elements, paint and stencil and wheat paste, that is street art. So, so that was a game changer for me. And that's when I really got over my fear um, and I say that with answering your question, like it was getting over the fear, but it was knowing that other people did this, like Shepard Ferry and, and just, you know, just that it was possible and worth taking a chance because you are taking a chance when you do street art. Um, but that was, that's the main one that I would cite to answer that question. And now he's a friend of mine, which is incredible. I mean, it's just so incredible that these people that I was and continue to be inspired by are now, you know, my friends and, and the first time I met him, Nick, the second time I met him, he said, 
I, he said, uh, I said, I'm wordsmith. Like I reintroduced myself and he goes, you're wordsmith, but you get up a lot. And the fact that Shepherd Fairy said, you get up a lot to me. I remember walking home that night, just going, holy shit, I can't believe what just happened. So it's pretty awesome. How about any local LA artists? I want to talk about LA with you a little bit. Absolutely. That inspired me. I mean, um, Morley was active before I was, and he was one of the people that showed me that people will read stuff put on a wall. Um, I remember seeing his stuff right before I started and just being really inspired by it. And I think we were even conversing, just I was conversing with him as a fan before I started doing the street art. And and now, again, he's a friend of mine and he's great. Um, teacher is is instrumental in my story. I mean... I, there, there used to be these events in something called the fame yard off Melrose. And I, and I, I used to go to them, uh, um, where there were street artists with booths and there was live painting and stuff like that. And I remember really early on, I was talking to him. This was like two or three weeks in maybe a month. And, and he goes, do you do art? I go, oh yeah, I do the type, this typewriter with the page coming up. And he was like, you're a wordsmith? And it was like, literally he pulled me up by my shoulders and just made me kind of stand up uh, that, that, that people were noticing, you know, the work on the streets and, and that he noticed it. And then um, we talked a lot about his stencil technique, which I adapted and, and kind of um, um, modified, but I still use that that stencil technique for for my words, and it's a really cool technique. If you Google if you Google teacher um, stencil making, you'll see a bunch of videos of how he does it, and it's pretty it's pretty damn cool. I haven't met him either, but every time he comes up, there's a lot of respect the, in in yeah. the connotation. So I, he's I, a good guy. I mean, other artists that I would cite, um, you know. Uh, even even now, I mean, the scene the scene is like a roller coaster ride, and and um, and 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 people come and go, but and, and a lot of them remain. But but then there's this new wave that's coming out now, and that's exciting to see. Um, and you know, there's some great artists uh, in that wave, and and I and I love talking to them and and meeting them, and and just kind of like and and I don't know, fresh on the street is 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 a good thing. What about the LA? scene today is everybody respecting the lockdown are you just peeking out your window are you seriously not going out at all like how is it for you um it is um la is weird i mean i think a lot of people are respecting the lockdown and playing it smart then there's another half that just seems to ignore that something's going on like like if i go out to i have a dog so if i go out to walk my dog or or do get in my car and drive, I'm really surprised at some of the activity that I see, to be totally honest. Um, and I, I think that's everywhere, you know what I mean? But LA has that weather factor and um, impervious, you know, factor on, on some people. So it's frustrating because um, it's just making it harder for the people that are respecting the lockdown and how long we're gonna have to lock down. Um, having said that, for for a couple of weeks, I didn't do uh, any art on the streets or, or anything, but Earth Day was coming up and, and I was part of this incredible um, movement that was going on. It's the, it's the hashtag um, 2020 halt campaign. It was curated by Meg Zaney and over 500 artists all over the world contributed pieces. A lot of those pieces became digital and, and you know, were done on backyards and canvases, but, but some people still um, did their work in the streets. Uh, and I 
did that one morning at like 5.30 in the morning, I went and um, had a wall that somebody gave me because I didn't want to do it renegade at this, at this juncture, but did this Earth Day piece. And, and I was smart. I mean, I was distancing. I only saw like three people the entire time. And it felt good to get pain on my hands, but I still, you know, was being very careful being out there. Um, and the other thing I'll say is uh, this last Sunday, I also went out because ArtShare LA um, started a program to beautify the city. There's all these boarded up businesses. Um, they boarded up their windows just to be safe when they close. So the city is just looking like this, this, this wasteland and their their beautification program puts artists back to work to paint those those boarded up um, um, pieces of wood. And I did a piece in downtown LA again early in the morning, and and that was great. There was an outpouring of about uh, I think ten or twelve artists that came, and 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 we did good things. You know, what I mean, again, being smart and and you know having the um, masks and equipment and keeping distance, but it was really good to. Um, I said, deliver hope in a time of need, you know what I mean? Just inspire people and the messages were great. You can find that. I think the hashtag is, um, I forgot what the hashtag is. Um, oh, uh, paint the town LA is that hashtag. So it sounds like you're, you know, I don't expect you to be unhappy while you're out, out, out of doors when you get the opportunity right now, but how are you coping indoors? You know, you, I, I heard you say earlier that you didn't mind, you know, working eight, 10 hours a day at the typewriter. But, you know, now it's a little different when they when they tell you you have to stay in. Like, you know, what are, yeah. what are your mitigation techniques? Um, it's a very good question. Like, like, there was this joke going on at the beginning of the quarantine that all these artists are like, oh, this is my lifestyle every day. And and I was a little bit of a part of that where, where um, I love working with other people and collaborating. And even my studio, I share with, you know, three or four other artists. And that's awesome. But when I went on lockdown, it wasn't, I, I want to say it wasn't that hard. I definitely missed, you know what I mean, the human interaction and, and getting together for happy hours and dinners and just being social. However, you know, a lot of the work that I do as a writer or as an artist is me putting my head down and getting the work done. So, so that's how it's been in quarantine. And, and um, I don't want to say it hasn't been hard. You know what I mean? I always said the line, not the line. I just always said that, you know, I, I, like nobody wants to be like, how did I say it? Like, I don't mind being alone. Nobody wants to feel lonely, but, but I, I don't feel like when I'm alone, I'm lonely and I'm working, but, but there have been lonely times in quarantine. I'll, I'll be honest with that. Um, but, but, but I do things, you know what I mean? Whether it's, uh, I do solitary things, you know what I mean? Just as an artist. So, so that's less than the blow, I guess I, I could say. Um, and I have a dog and, and he's awesome and, and he's adapting well. And we have a patio that's like, you know, our safe place. And we run around there and get sunshine and things of that nature. The one thing I really do miss is we were very active. I'm a very active person. So I was going on sunrise hikes all the time. Um, in the canyons and I really do miss that and I stopped doing that before they closed the canyons like I said I went down on lockdown earlier than most um, but I really do miss that and and I hope we get back to you know what I mean a time where that's that's safe and sound what are you listening to while you're working 
and, and um, I listen to a, I listen to a lot of music, um, some podcasts, and I'm a Howard Stern fan, and that sounds weird, but I can listen to Howard Stern and still kind of creatively think. Um, and he makes me laugh at six o'clock in the morning, so that's huge. But but as far as music, which I listen to a lot, um, I have a I have a lot of vinyl and a record player, so I, I've been spinning a lot of vinyl just 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 for the fun of it while in lockdown. But it's been, um, I listen to The National. I've been listening to a lot of Prince, Beck, um, Johnny Hartman and John Coltrane. And I, and I started listening to, I've always loved Marvin Gaye, but I started listening to What's Going On. And that was, I, I wrote about it with my Earth Day piece. Um, that music, that album is just so prophetic and so inspiring right now. It's, it's crazy. Um, um, but yeah, if you're looking for some poignant words that were written decades ago, listen to What's Going On by Marvin Gaye because it's eerie. As a Howard Stern fan, how many pieces of vinyl do you have? How many pieces of vinyl? Like actual that's, records, you mean? That's what Gary calls them. Oh, that's right. That's hilarious. I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, personally, I have about 60, but but I, it's kind of like the best of... Um, like like what like deeming an uh, an album worthy of vinyl is is my game. Like I, there's some albums that mm. I just absolutely love. You know what I mean? And and have them digitally, but but also have them on vinyl. That's funny. I, I, yeah yeah that, that's that's nice. Yeah, the Gary thing is hilarious. My dad's got a 2000 oh, wow. collection dating back from the early 60s. That's incredible. Prints and stuff like that. And uh, I can't wait to get my hands on that someday. But yeah, uh, I hope he listens to him for another 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, I don't have many. Re I don't have many regrets, but I had an album collection from, you know, college that didn't make the I don't know when I got rid of it or, or how I got rid of it. I think I sold, but um, sold the sold the collection. But I think it was when I before I moved to LA like it didn't make it out here and I regret that I'm like how did I not just create that up and bring it but oh well starting from scratch what do you hope is going to change to come out of this uh, I don't I don't think normal is going to be normal again and all the young people with with anxieties and social fears this is just going to amplify it and I'm sure it already has yeah. in a lot of cases but you know what what, what what's a reasonable normal that we can get back to for the art community do you think um for the art community i was gonna say i, I mean i really embrace the sentiment that that everybody's saying when are we going to go back to normal i hope we don't go back to normal i hope there's an enhanced um experience like i think things are going to taste better people are going to be more in the moment when we can get together and and, and I hope that happens, you know what I mean? Like we were kind of a society heading toward, you know, that whole thing of our, of our head and our phones and just not, you know, connecting. I think one of the beautiful things that's happened during quarantine is, is this, like the technology that we have, I think is finally being used in the right way. Um, you know what I mean? Three months ago, six months ago, if the phone rang, you literally looked at it like, why is somebody calling me or why is somebody FaceTiming me? And now it's, it's something we look forward to and we embrace and we're thankful we have. I hope going forward that that still happens. You know what I mean? We, we were a text, you know, whatever based world. And, and I hope it's more, like I said, put your phone down when you're together or, 
you know, FaceTime and see somebody's face while, while having a conversation. I think there's beauty in that. As far as the art world, um, I don't know. I have a hope that, 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 that we are able to, to venture outside and, you know, like I said, safe and sound. And, and I do hope that, and I do think that messages and artists and, and art on walls of all sizes will be something that, will be embraced and wanted, you know what I mean? And, and I hope that as far as the art world, the transition back into working and inspiring and just, you know, putting paint on a wall is, is, is seamless or happens. Um, I wonder, I mean, this is a whole other topic, how long after this we'll be back into the people feeling comfortable in, in spending money on, on canvases and paintings and things of that nature. So, so that might be a little longer, but I hope that there's a lot of people saying, you know, looking for messages on, on buildings and walls and, and things of that nature. Yeah, we, were, we did over a hundred episodes of the In the Spray Room podcast right here at our dining room table. And we always had uh, the artists in our homes and the social aspect and sometimes they bring their kids sometimes they bring their boyfriend sometimes they bring three other artists it was that's always that's life that's the way it goes and that yeah. social aspect is completely missing you know it's hard to boil down the art scene to a piece on a wall because the artist's story and the artist and everything that goes along with it is the story and that's what makes you want to buy the piece so street art is never going to be straight gallery. It's always going to be interacting with the scene and the people that love it, frankly. I agree with that. I agree with that. I was surprised. I mean, this goes back to, to my beginnings. Like, like I was putting work out in the street and, and documenting it all and putting it on the internet. But, but I was amazed that people, this is when I realized I had something. People were asking me for commissions. Like the, the words meant so much that they wanted it in their homes and their lives. And, and I said this at the, when we were talking that for me, it was all about the words. When, but then when people started asking for commissions and wanting the work in their lives and in their home, it made me want to be a better artist. You know what I mean? It made me want to learn to make better stencils and learn more about paint and techniques. Um, so I don't know. I think the work kind of met the words and, and, and it's a great thing. But I still love painting on walls and buildings and, and more than more than more than in the studio and, and uh, more than on canvas or reclaimed materials. There's just something beautiful and romantic about it being there out in the world for, for people to stumble upon. And that's why we're, we're interested in your work. And uh, this was a great conversation. Thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's always harder when I haven't met the person that we're interviewing, but you made it easy and I appreciate that. Oh, thanks. Thank you for asking me. And this was a great conversation. So it's great to be here. Now, before I let you go, please let our viewers know where they can find you online so they can take a look at your work. Um, you can find me online at, under Wordsmith with no vowels. So it's W-R-D-S-M-T-H. And that's pretty much everywhere. It's, it's Wordsmith on Instagram. It's uh, Wordsmith on Twitter. Um, Wordsmith.com is my website that has more than just a shop. It has a lot of art, the story. Um, talks about my book has some other writing and it I wanted to make a, a real creative platform out of my website and free downloads and free downloads yes yeah there's a couple free downloads for everybody um, including that one we talked about and this was a journal that I put together while in um, 
uh, lockdown and it's available, but it's, it's, it's blank pages, but at the top of every page is like uh, a word. Um, and there's an image of a typewriter, but, but that was what I was showing earlier with that, with that dust settles word at the cover. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. And can't wait to see what you put out there. Uh, I hope the uh, lockdown treats you well and we'll see you on the other side. Absolutely. You take care. We are sold out with Wordsmith.